Hello everyone and welcome back to Pancreas on Strike. Today we will be discussing 504 and IEP plans. I do just want to take a moment and say thank you so much to everybody for being so patient these past couple of weeks. I got all four wisdom teeth taken out the week before Thanksgiving and when that happened I had already recorded all of episode 9. It was just a matter of editing parts A, B, and C. I had parts A and B edited, so they were put out on time, but I wasn't able to edit part C before the pain really kicked in. (laughs) So when it came time to edit part C, I was in so much pain that even the thought of turning on my computer was an absolutely not at that point. So thank you again to everybody for being so patient. Um, I really do appreciate it. I really hope you guys like this podcast. Again, I try to make it educational. I try to make it a little humor in there, like with the stories. Um, But mostly overall, I try to just advocate and educate. Thank you to everybody for accepting and welcoming the special guest, Mama. Um, last episode, all three parts. I think honestly, she really enjoyed it more than she thought she was going to. Um, So if you want to see her back, please let me know. I'm sure she'd be willing to come back and talk about any topic. But with that being said, let's get into the episode. The information regarding 504 plans will mainly revolve around Georgia laws. However, in most cases, these laws are the same for every state. Always make sure to check the laws for the state you live in. Now, during my school career, I have been in countless meetings with the school administration regarding my 504 plan. According to Georgia Legal Aid, a 504 plan is given to kids with disabilities to give them the support they need to learn alongside their peers. They are similar to an IEP or an individualized education program. However, they are under separate laws. To get an IEP plan, a student's disability must interfere with their ability to fully benefit from the general education curriculum, meaning that they need specialized instruction. To get a 504 plan, a student's disability must hinder their ability to learn in a general education classroom without accommodations. So for example, for a 504 plan, you might say that yourself or your child needs to test in a different classroom by themselves in case something happens. Whereas in an IEP plan, it might say that you or your child needs a different test altogether. A child has the right to a 504 plan if they have any disability, have a record of a disability, are regarded as having a disability, and that disability interferes with their ability to learn in a general education classroom. Now, a lot of this information is going to say your child and be speaking to specifically parents, but I want the younger diabetics out there, whether you're in middle school, high school, college, whatever it may be, if you are in an educational setting, this applies to you as well. In elementary school and middle school, it was my mom fighting for my rights 
regarding a 504 plan. When it got to be later years of high school and college, it was all up to me. If you've listened to any part of episode 9, you heard that myself and our special guest, Mama, which if you want Mama to come back for another episode, please let me know. I honestly believe she had more fun than she thought she was going to, and I'm sure she would be willing to come back and speak about any topic. So 504 plans help students by giving them necessary services, materials, technology, and making changes to their learning environment. These are just some examples of reasonable accommodations. Tests read out loud for children with dyslexia or blindness, and enlarger for children with vision issues, and less written homework for children with disabilities affecting writing. My 504 plans consisted mainly of taking tests in a separate room in case my glucose plummeted because I would get extra time on tests. Food and drinks were allowed in the class or in the setting that I was in to take my test. And my phone was allowed in the area where I was taking my test for monitoring my Dexcom. A lot of times I would have to have the phone on the table and I would just turn off the feature that locks it after a minute or two of it being stagnant. But I would have to have my phone on the table and I would just be able to glance at it to see what my glucose was doing. I will be going into a separate episode later on about bigger tests like ACT and SAT because those get to be really official where I believe for the ACT I had to have my ID on me. So for bigger things like that that are next level, I will be going into just my experiences with them, what I did, and just overall information. So what are my rights with a 504 plan? All children in the Georgia have the right to a free and adequate education under the state constitution. Students with IEPs or 504 plans have a right to a free and appropriate education under the IDEA. So parents and guardians specific, you have the right to give consent or deny the evaluation of a child you have the right to notice or have the right of notice to any changes made to the 504 plan. You have the right to see all of your child's records and you have the right to challenge decisions made about your child's 504 plan. For students specifically, if you are the one going to bat for yourself and your rights, you have all of these rights as well you have the right to give or deny evaluation. You have the right to know any changes that are made to your 504 plan because there shouldn't be any changes made that you or your parent or guardian does not know about. You have the right to see all of your educational records and you have the right to challenge any decisions made about your 504 plan. You probably heard me say, or my mother say, if you listen to any part of episode nine, that the biggest piece of advice we could give you was advocate 
advocate, advocate. Parents, stand up for your child. I've seen my fair share of mama bears and papa bears. If you believe your child is not getting the best education or the best opportunity for education out there, say something. Do something. The comfort of the school or the administration should not cost your child the value of their education or their comfort when it comes to education. For those that are fighting for themselves, advocate, advocate, advocate. I don't know how many times in those meetings I specifically was asked, well, do you really need extra time on tests? Yes. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I didn't even use the extra time. I used the time that was allotted originally. But the extra time was there just in case. We all know when your glucose drops, it affects your cognitive thinking. It affects your ability to process things. So that extra time was there just in case. But no matter if you're fighting for yourself or you're fighting for somebody else, always advocate. What is the worst that is going to happen if you talk back to somebody in this setting? What is the worst that's going to happen? I can tell you the best thing that's going to happen is you or your child get the best opportunity for their education that they can. By speaking up, that is the best thing that can happen. Now, plans are reviewed each year and a reevaluation is done at least every three years unless a guardian consents to continue without a new evaluation. I had a 504 meeting every year with typically the principal, the assistant principal, the counselor, myself, and my mom. We would all sit down and go through what works, what doesn't, what needs to be changed, and what was fine. So what are the first steps if you think your child needs an IEP or a 504, or if you think you need a 504 or an IEP? Again, this information is based off the state of Georgia. Always look into your state and what laws are present. In general, to get a 504 plan for a student, Start by notifying the school's coordinator or school administration about the disability. Ask in writing for a 504 plan. Be specific about why you are asking for a plan. We have all probably had the school lesson where we talk about argumentative essays. I know I have had my fair share of argumentative essays, and my mom can tell you I am probably sometimes the most argumentative person that there is out there. But in an argumentative essay, you start with this, this, and this, and this is the evidence pointing to why we need this, or this is the evidence pointing to why I'm right about this. So if you say, my child needs A, B, and C, then make sure you have as much evidence about why your child needs A, what A is, how A can help the child, and how A 
doesn't negatively impact the school. And then do the same thing with B. And then do the same thing with C. Have every piece of evidence you could possibly think of. Even if you think it won't help, have it just in case. I'll get into why here in just a minute. To get a 504 plan for a student, you can suggest accommodations, follow up with the 504 coordinator about your request, and meet with the school to create a 504 plan. Make sure you get everything in writing. Even if the school administrator calls you, after you get off of that phone call, send an email and say, hey, just want to make sure regarding our phone conversation that points A, B, C, and D. Make sure you get it in writing. If I have learned anything, and I'm going to tell this is mainly towards those who are in high school, those who are starting out in college who maybe haven't experienced this yet. But if I have learned anything professionally and personally, get everything in writing. Because it is a lot harder to disprove what is in writing than it is saying, hey, we had this conversation. I know Gen Z, I'm talking to you out here, Gen Z always comes through with the quote receipts. Make sure you have them. If you had an email chain from freshman year of the school saying they can't accommodate or make these accommodations, and now they're saying in junior year that they can, or reverse, if they're saying freshman year that they could, but now they're saying junior year that they can't, make sure you have a copy of that. Now, there's no standard 504 plan, but at least in Georgia, a plan generally includes your child's accommodations, supports, and services, or your accommodations, supports, and services, the names or titles of the people who will provide each service. This is typically teachers. I haven't seen a 504 plan in a couple of years, but the last time I saw one was in college when I went to in-person school. I'm in asynchronous right now, but when I was in in-person school, I would have to go through and get each of my professors to sign acknowledging that I had a 504 plan. And this is because they fall under the names of people who will provide the service. If one of your accommodations says that you have to test by yourself in an outside room, they are the person, at least in college, who are scheduling the room and who are making sure that this accommodation and this service is being provided. You will also have the name of the person who will make sure the plan is followed. This is typically the 504 coordinator or the student advisor, or not advisor, the um, guidance counselor, excuse me. The counselor is typically the one making sure that the teachers are aware that you have a 504 plan and they're checking in with you, they're checking in with the teachers, they're making sure this plan is being followed. Now, if you're not sure what a 50 plan looks like, you should be able to look at the Department of Education for your state and see a sample plan. If not, 
know that the Georgia Department of Education does have a sample plan on their website, and I will include that link in the description of this episode. So what can I do if I'm not happy with the decisions made about my or my child's 504 plan? You have the right to challenge any decision made regarding a 504 plan, whether it is a 504 plan for yourself or whether it is a 504 plan for your child. You have the right to challenge, advocate for yourself or that person. Some of these challenges may include whether or not to evaluate your child, the outcome of the evaluation, the accommodations offered to you or your child, or any action or inaction regarding the 504 plan. This includes if your child is not getting a service in the 504 plan at all, or as the services was described in the 504 plan. So for example, Say that your 504 plan says that you have to test in an outside room by yourself. And the school says, okay, well, we can accommodate you not testing in a room full of 30 people, but you're still going to have to test in a room with one other person because we don't have the space to give you a room by yourself. This is an example of the 504 plan not following the services that were described negotiate. You have the option of trying to negotiate with the school about your child's needs. You can contact the 504 coordinator and ask for a meeting. Now, moving into impartial hearing and mediation. You have the right to request a hearing. You should make the request again in writing to the school system's 504 coordinator. Your request should include your name or your child's name, the address, the name of the school, the decision that you disagree with, the reason you are requesting the hearing, what you want the school to do, and your name and contact information. Again, go back to argumentative essays. You are stating your point and you are trying to get, in the case of a paper, the reader, And in the case of a hearing, you're trying to get the other party, the school district, the school, the teacher, the principal, whoever it may be, you are trying to get them to see why you are right, why this 504 plan should be created and followed. The 504 coordinator has 10 days to respond in writing and schedule the hearing. The hearing should be scheduled within 45 days. The school system might offer mediation in place of a hearing. In mediation, both you and the school agree to let a neutral third party come up with a solution. You do not have to agree with the mediation, and you do not have to agree to the solution offered by the mediator. Again, do not settle for what is going to make them comfortable. If their conclusion or their decision is just, oh, best case scenario, but you're still not comfortable, speak up. Make sure you state you are not comfortable. And again, make sure you get everything in writing. So before the hearing, 
you should have the chance to look at your educational records or that of your child's. You are allowed to be represented by an attorney at the hearing, but you must tell the 504 coordinator that you are going to have an attorney 10 days before the hearing. You may get pre-hearing instructions from the hearing official. At the hearing, an impartial review officer will be in charge of the hearing. The hearing will be closed to the public. You will have the chance to present evidence and testimony to prove your claim. It is up to you to prove your position. Again, so going full circle, this is why I said even if you don't think the evidence is going to help. What I mean by this is if your child is in high school and you have middle school records, they may not ask about what happened in middle school. They may be only looking at the school year that you're in currently, but have that evidence just in case because you never know what kind of questions they are going to ask. The school district will also be able to present evidence and testimony. They will be able to respond to your testimony and answer questions by the review official. So after the hearing, the review official will issue a written decision within 20 days of the hearing. If you disagree with the decision, you have the right to appeal the decision. It may be helpful to speak with a lawyer about your options. So like I said, I didn't want to get into testing specific or school stories about what's happened to me just because I know that would put the episode over the time frame that I try to stick every episode to. But I do want to say the biggest takeaways from this episode are what a 504 plan is, what an IEP plan is, and again, advocate, advocate, advocate. Whether it is for yourself or for your child, when it comes to the comfort of their education and their ability to get a good general education, advocate as much as you can. And I didn't mention this in the episode, but a 504 plan is not written in stone from day one until the end of the year. If you are halfway through the year and notice something that needs to be changed or needs to be added, you absolutely have the right to request a meeting. Don't wait until the end of the year and go, oh, well, you know, I noticed this in the middle of last year, but I didn't want to say anything. No. Advocate, advocate, advocate. If you notice something, say something, and do something. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you for the next one. Please know that you may see another episode come out this weekend. I am planning on redoing episode one, just because I wasn't used to the sound quality and the editing that I am now, so I don't like the way that episode one sounds, and I feel like I lose a lot of people on episode one because the sound quality is so bad. So just know if you see another episode come out, 
please go hype that one up. Even if you hit play and turn the volume all the way down, please hype it up like the first episode is hyped up.